This is the Rebel Author Podcast, where we talk about books, business, and occasionally bad words. Hello, Rebels, and welcome to episode 96 of the Rebel Author Podcast. I cannot believe I am only four episodes away from the big trip figures. Um... I'm going to have to think about what to do to like celebrate. I don't know whether I should be celebrating 100 episodes or like maybe 104 because then it's two years. Um, weirdly, 52 felt more uh, uh, celebratory than 50, but now 100 feels more celebratory than 104. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, if you guys have any ideas what you would like uh, from me in terms of some kind of celebration for episode 100, then... Um, Drop it in Rebel Author Facebook group. I'm probably going to put a thread in there. Or you can Instagram me at Sasha Black. I would love to know uh, how do you think I should celebrate. I'm going to turn my Slack off as well because it's beeping. Anyway, uh, to last week's question, which was how many books uh, would you ideally like to publish a year? Lots of comments on Instagram this week. Uh, NL Blanford said, this was another good one. As I still work full time, I will be happy with one now as I still need to create a newsletter slash mailing list then hopefully I can progress to two. Dwayne the writer said two or three. Uh, Karen Heenan said listening later today I need this one. Writing historical fiction with lots of research I can't see publishing more than one a year but I don't want to disappear into the shuffle either. Helena B 872 said 10. Um Leah Copeland Wright said, loved this one. I listened to it before work this morning. Uh, the underscore book underscore hunters said, I am binging through your entire podcast series. Well, thank you very much. Uh, looking forward to this one. I'd love to eventually publish two to three books a year. I am both in awe and slightly terrified of the people who manage six or more a year. But I'm currently at the start of this wild ride. So for now, just getting to one would be great. Then in the Rebel Authors Facebook group, Erin McKnight said, so much amazing information in this one. I would love to be able to publish one book a year. I still work full time. So one book a year sounds like the most I can manage without running myself six feet underground. Absolutely. I think, you know, we all have to take this at our own pace. And the thing is that once our books are out, we can always keep marketing them. They don't go away. They are ours to market forever and they can continue to make us money. The first book I ever published is still making me money every single day. So, um, yeah, like <laughs> it's fine to, you know, take a year to do a book. It's fine to take more than a year to do a book. The, you know, the, the point is, is that over time we can continue to build our backlist and, and build our income. All right, so this week's question is, do you enter competitions? Given we are talking about the Kindle Storyteller competition, I thought that was a apt question. Um, and I suppose um, I'm interested in competitions at large. So maybe you're a competitive knitter. Maybe you do boxing. I don't know. Maybe you, you enter flash fiction competitions. Whether it's writing or something else, I would love to know... Um, do you enter competitions? All right, the book recommendation of the week this week is The Girls I've Been by Tess Sharp. Now, um, this is this is like a 350-page book, 400-page book, something like that, and I devoured the whole thing in a day. It was phenomenal. Um, 
it wasn't the most literary story. Um, the ending was okay. I, you know, I mean, it was satisfying. Uh, I perhaps would have done a couple of tweaks, but it was gripping. Um, and the concept of the story, uh, without giving you any spoilers, is that a girl uh, goes to a bank uh, with her ex-boyfriend and her new girlfriend, and uh, the bank gets robbed. St uh, there's like a stick up. Stick up? That's probably such an old-fashioned word. You know what I mean. Um, and the whole book unravels through this uh this this time period where they're being held hostage and it was fascinating and oh just fantastic and the characterization and i just every the end of every bloody chapter was another twist i had to find out what happened next and so i just i just couldn't put it down and so it is young adult, um, it is LGBT, uh, but I thought it was fantastic and so I'm recommending it because, um, yeah, I just, it was one of those that I had to binge, so I thought I would recommend that. Okay, so in personal news and updates, I, uh, it was remiss of me, not to mention, I was in um, a celebratory episode, uh, the Unstoppable Authors episode 100, uh, which was all about sustaining a writing career with the right mindset. And so I have included a link to their um, sort of podcast feed, and you can just have a look for episode 100. There were lots of us, uh, Mark Dawson, Mark Dawson, Mark Lefebvre, and... Um, Dan Wilcox, uh, and obviously Holly and Angeline and a few others as well. And it was a very interesting episode. So you can go and uh, have a look at that. Um, it was sort of like a round table discussion and lots of lessons learned and things over the years of writing. So yeah, well recommended. Okay, so by the time you hear this, this will be the day before my launch. I will probably be lying in a mushy pool of exhaustion, gin, and caffeine overconsumption. Um, so <laughs> if you haven't pre-ordered your book, please go pre-order pre a coffee. Uh, you, you will find it will be on your Kindle the very next morning, tomorrow. I can't really do this. I'm finding this really hard to talk about the future, even though I'm in the past. Whoa, my brain just melted. It's clear I should never write a time travel novel. Um, yeah, okay, so let me talk about this as if it is the 28th of uh, July. So if you pre-order your copy today, it will be on your Kindle tomorrow. Uh, so, or it will be on your e-reader device, or it will be on your doorstep tomorrow. So, um, yeah, please do go make sure you order your copy. I am going to try and do at least one bonus episode um, at this current point in time on Saturday the 24th of July. I haven't done it, but uh, yeah, I am intending on doing another episode uh, early next week. So uh, to give you a bit more insight into uh, the book and a few tangible craft takeaway tips as well. Um, one thing I should mention is that if you do pre-order and you submit your pre-order um, proof, then you will get the first 25 pages free and be entered in to win a bundle of paperbacks and goodies. And in terms of celebrating the launch, I am going to be doing a live Q&A uh, in my Facebook group, Rebel Authors, on July the 29th at 8pm British time. Um, so that yeah, 8, 8 p.m. BS, 
summertime isn't it yeah bst so uh hopefully you can translate the times of that um and then every night after the 29th so 30th uh onwards until i think it's the 7th or 8th of august i will be interviewing a different author for about 20 minutes 25 minutes on instagram um and i will be talking to them about their side characters um side characters that they've written side characters that they love uh, get some tips and tricks from them uh for how to improve your side characters so come and join me to help me celebrate the um launch at those different events all right I think I think that's probably about it I I it's been a very long week I've been dealing with broken internet um and chaos yeah so sort of after the Amazon debacle last week this week (laughs) somebody drove into the uh telephone box and uh the telephone connection box and smashed out our internet for like five days um so that was fun trying to run a launch with no internet um and uh yeah once I do the launch I will be off work so I will be a little bit more um harder to reach for a couple of weeks and uh I'm just going to spend some time with my son and my wife and read some books and just not work and then when I come back I'm going to be making some changes. I want to spend a significant more proportion of my time writing um, and I have you know some projects that I really want to get done this year um, including I want to get the masterclasses done uh, or at least one of them. I need I'm almost done with the audiobook so I need to get that over the line and I want to do another one. Um I have two more non-fiction books and two more fiction books. The two fiction books are basically written. I just need to get them edited and sent off. Uh but yeah, I I have a lot of projects that I want to get finished and I don't know. I just my time is just evaporating. And I'm not really sure where. I, well, okay, I know that obviously it's evaporated in launch and uh, having to deal with Amazon and chest pains and <laughs> no internet and all of that bollocks. But um, yeah, I'm. I've just I've had some realizations over the last few months, and I just need to restructure how I'm doing things and how I am prioritizing things. And so yeah, I am going to get some time and some perspective, and then hopefully come back and whatever the word is, <laughs> double down? <laughs> I don't know, why are words so hard this morning? I don't know what's wrong with me. Rebel of the week this week is Shay Raby. Shay says, I have long, naturally curly hair that I learned to love my senior year in high school. It was so long that it would take my sister or friend two hours to straighten all of it, or an hour if they each took a side and worked together. Perfectly straight, it came down to almost my butt. My ex and I dated my senior. My ex and I dated my senior year in high school and ended up breaking up the day before senior prom. He loved my long hair so much and always took the time to tell me (laughs) never to cut it, to leave it long. I see where this is going. After we broke up, I just couldn't shake the melancholy mood I was in right before graduation and I decided I needed a change. So I called up my friend that always did my hair for formal dances and asked her to come and cut my hair. Now, mind you, this was three days before graduation at this point and we only had to show up for school one more day. 
and then we were free. So my friend shows up and I had her chop off my hair and swore her to secrecy. I showed up... I'm sorry, my dad is texting me. Let me turn this off. Uh, I showed up the next day to school and shocked everyone. I went from having super long hair to a cute bob that just barely hit the bottom of my chin. I loved not only being able to take back my autonomy that my ex stole from me, but to really embrace my new sense of self that I'd cultivated after the breakup. I know it's just hair and it eventually grew back, but at the time it was the only thing I could do to change, to help me break free from who I used used to be when I was with the ex. I wear it long and curly now 15 years later and my husband loves it as much as I do but not for the same reasons as my ex did. My ex used to have it have used it to have control. I wear it long now because I took that control back. I love that so much like I literally love it. Um it also reminds me, like my mum uh, loved my I have super curly hair. My dad uh, had an afro uh <laughs> He doesn't now. He's sort of balding. <laughs> Let's not tell him I said that. Um, but anyway, he had an afro. My mum also has curly hair. And uh, so uh, I was inevitably going to have curly hair. So I have sort of like, uh, the only thing I can describe it as is like old school telephone wire. If you sort of pull a, the telephone cable, it's like a ringlet. And that's what my hair is like. And um, so I... Uh, my mum wouldn't ever let me cut it off um and when I was eight so I'd never been to a hairdresser until I was 18 and uh I went to university and I cut it all off like not just cut it all off I mean I cut it off uh into a pixie crop (laughs) so from like because I also could almost sit on my hair um I it was slightly shorter at that point uh but I think I cut a foot and a half or two feet off I can't remember it was a very long plait anyway and um my mum cried and I felt bad uh, actually I didn't feel bad at all that's a complete lie um but I did cut it off and I have to say I did try to grow it back about two years ago and I was just like this is not me <laughs> so I have kept mine short and I think I will probably always keep mine short um or at least for now anyway But I love that. And I love that it was a story of like empowerment. I do love these empowerment stories. All right. Welcome and a huge thank you to Charlotte Platt, brand new patron. And of course, a gigantic thank you to all of my existing patrons. If you would like to support the show and get early access to all of the episodes, as well as bonus content like blooper reels, and which uh, you'll probably have had another blooper reel by the time this goes out, then you can from as little as $2 a month by visiting patreon.com forward slash Sasha Black. All right, that's it for this episode. Um... And I will be back uh, probably very soon, actually, with a bonus episode. (laughs) Actually, one final word of warning. Because my internet was not working um, in this past week, uh, this episode, uh, the audio quality is not as good as it would normally be. It's quite echoey. um, And and the reason is because I had to record in my mum's house and she has a ridiculous, very high ceiling um, living room and so the audio is quite echoey um, and I apologise I hope that you can stick with me for this episode because it is very very good and packed full of information uh, about how you can win 20 grand in the Kindle Storyteller uh, competition of which I will be judging so you want to listen because it's it's good it's an awesome competition 
Hello, and welcome to the Rebel Author Podcast. I am absolutely ecstatic for my guest today, because today I am speaking to Darren Hardy. Darren has worked in the UK books industry for 28 years. He joined the Amazon Books team in 2004 and is currently manager for the UK author and editorial programs, covering areas including Kindle Direct Publishing and the Amazon Literary Partnership Program, and also helps to organize and be part of the Kindle Storyteller competition, um, which is what we're going to be talking about today. So hello, Darren. Hey, Sasha. It's great to be here. Thank you. Oh, no, thank you so much. I'm, it is an honor to get to speak to you. And um, I'm very excited to talk about the competition, um, as it's something I'm excited about. Um, but first, before we dive into Kindle, a uh, storyteller competition, would you like to uh, sort of expand a little bit uh, on your bio and tell everyone uh, about you and the journey, I suppose, that your career has been on and how you got to where you are today? Yes, that's a great question. Thank you. Yeah, I well, I was one of those, um, I think, sort of classic situations where I sort of finished university, didn't really know what I wanted to do with my life and spent a few months sort of uh, sort of messing around, really not really doing a huge amount and thought, well, I better get a job. I know I'll go to the local bookshop because I like reading. Um, and uh, and suddenly that was it. I was absolutely hooked, absolutely loved um, bookselling in all its sort of shapes and forms and uh, worked for a couple of different booksellers over the years, started off in academic bookselling. Um, and then a, a while back, sort of um, obviously, like you say, moved over to Amazon and have been involved in bookselling there. So I've done a few different roles at Amazon, be it sort of publisher relations, textbooks, um, I used to be, sort of head up our vendor management team um, in the in the print books uh, team and sort of decided I wanted to do something a little bit different, um, uh, but stay within books. So I was really fortunate to be able to come over to KDP, to Kindle Direct Publishing and work with authors um, and indie authors, which is such a different perspective on um, on sort of writing and publishing. And uh, and I've absolutely loved that um, and, and still doing that today. So I, I sort of am able to balance working with individual authors, working with our Kindle direct publishing program overall and uh, how that works in the UK and Australia and then involved as you said uh, in a number of different projects sort of related so the Amazon Literary Partnership program being one of those where we provide grants to organizations that uh, foster a love of writing in all its sort of shapes and forms be it sort of working with children in schools and after school clubs through to uh, disadvantaged community groups uh, and across to sort of aspiring professional authors in fact those who may be sort of uh, wanting sort of uh, advice in terms of writing retreats and those kind of things. So really, um, I mean, my entire career has been involved in books in one shape or another and absolutely love it. My house is full of books um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's, it, I sort of enjoy digital reading, reading print books, listening to audio books um, and pretty much every genre you can imagine. So, yeah, it's, um, it's an industry I, I know and love and, uh, and hopefully that will continue. I've, uh, yeah, I've gone on this funny old journey uh, with the format in which I read books. I started very much as a child, which I think most people do with physical books because we all go to the libraries, we have school books. And then um, as I went to university, I became almost entirely digital because you just can't, you know, you live in a different house every year, you just yeah. can't lug them. Um, and then since since I left uni, I'm now, I would say, uh, predominantly paper 
but then audio is my second and then ebooks are actually my third which i think is very interesting because as a millennial most people expect us to be you know like ebook audio but i am you know i spend all day on bloody computers and so i just i you know i want i want to smell books yeah oh <laughs> um, that is such an experience isn't it and i think the great thing is is being able to choose what's right for you at whatever time you know i have stacks mm. of print books in my house and absolutely would not be without them but equally um you know it's it's summer we're about to go on summer holidays the biggest challenge for me going on holiday was which books to take yeah. and i'd always find sort of 10 minutes after arriving that the book i really want to read oh, in no. this place <laughs> is not the book that i packed yeah. and so having your kindle or whatever with you enables you to sort of keep that book with you and that's such such a, a relief in some ways that my car boot is not full of bag not full of bag loads of books I've got a few books but then also the electronic versions and the audio versions as well so yeah the best of all worlds yeah I we always have this um, tussle between me and my wife when we go on our summer holidays because I will always if we go for two weeks I can read uh, you know almost a book a day and so I, I pack at least 10 books and she's like that is so much weight and I'm like well you know I stuff them in my hand luggage and then like she'll be unpacking the bags and find like yes. a book stuffed in with an, and then she's like how have you and I'm like honey I will stuff the books wherever I can get them yeah, um, that's it. yeah out of curiosity what is your genre that you like to read Oh, I, I, I read uh, almost everything. I think, um, I mean, there's a whole bunch of uh, genre fiction, obviously, I read. I'm heavily sort of involved with uh, many of those authors publishing through KDP. Uh, but equally, um, I sort of enjoy poetry, um, art books. I've just recently read uh, a brilliant Tashin book about Caravaggio, where, again, the print version, amazingly well printed, and uh, the sort of quality of the illustrations was 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 incredible, uh, through to music biographies, uh, uh, sort of comedy writing, all sorts. Um, mm. and, and popular science and history as well. I think one of the great things about having been a bookseller for so long is publishers would always be very keen to sort of send you proof copies or mm. send you their advanced reading copies. And I would find myself picking up books that I probably would not have wanted to read um, mm. ahead of sort of having that conversation, but suddenly think, actually, this sounds like a really interesting area. And the great... Um, aspect of sort of publishing and how it's changing over the last few years is you can publish into so many different categories and genres and niche genres now because the, the sort of barriers to publishing are, uh, are so much smaller than they used to be and so it may be the case that you can publish into a very very specialized areas but you'll find your readers and yeah. uh, and that means those books are much more viable um, than they, they than they might have been in the past so yes lots of those sorts of areas um, I think are, are really exciting areas of growth uh, in from the publishing point of view. Mm. And speaking of finding readers, we are here to talk about the Kindle Storyteller competition. So like before we dive into detail about that, and sorry if you can hear the massive aeroplane uh, over my mum's <laughs> house, <laughs> um, can you tell everyone a little bit um, about Kindle, Kindle Storyteller? Yeah, so Kindle Storyteller, um, this is the fifth year we've been running the Kindle Storyteller competition in, in the UK. It's been uh, running in, in a number of different uh, countries where KDP operates for, for more than that, but it's five years here. And it's really around trying to find and celebrate storytelling um, uh, in all its different shapes and sizes. So it's there, it's a it's a £20,000 prize. So it's a fairly significant sort of cash prize to really sort of recognise uh, great storytelling. And the, the 
really exciting thing about the way that our competition runs is the early stages of the competition and the selection of the shortlist that goes through to the sort of final deliberations is uh, is based on readers. So um, authors upload their books into the storyteller competition, and then we track uh, sales, we track uh, customer reviews, we track things like pages read in Kindle Unlimited, and a whole host of other things to really create a shortlist based on what readers uh, have enjoyed um, reading. And it's about that sort of um, that uh, passion that customers have for discovering new books or discovering a new book by a, an established author and celebrating that. And it is about storytelling. So it's really about sort of page turning, compelling narratives, it, whether it's fiction or nonfiction, um, sort of really well shaped characterization and just what really sucks you into the, the author's world. And that's what we want to celebrate. So the competition for the last few years has opened in May, 1st of May, it runs through to the end of August. And at the end of August, we start sort of crunching all the numbers, uh, having a look at uh, what customers have been telling us that they've really liked, and then selecting a shortlist. And then that shortlist is then put in front of a esteemed panel of judges, obviously, Sasha, including yourself. Um, and uh, it's for them to then decide from that, that shortlist which book they feel um, tells the greatest um, tale. And we've had some really interesting winners in previous years from uh, sort of crime novels. We've had some, um, well, last year's winner, Anna McNuff, was a, a travel book that she'd written about her experiences traveling through South America. So there's all sorts of different types of genres and categories that are open. Um, and we we just sort of really want to celebrate the the, the great wealth of publishing uh, that comes through Kindle Direct Publishing. Yeah, it, the, the prize is there to, rec um, to recognize books published through KDP, through Kindle Direct Publishing. But obviously, as an author, it's open to anybody to sign up um, and publish their books. So uh, it is hopefully a sort of wide and as inclusive as we can make it. Mm. And can you, um, so you mentioned a little bit there some of the um, previous winners, but I wondered if you could go into a bit more detail. Um, obviously, I uh, read Anna McNuff's book, which was phenomenal. Um, <laughs> but perhaps, yeah, do you have, like, can you go into a bit more detail about the success stories from previous winners, sort of what happened to them, um, those kinds of things? Yeah, so as you say, Anna McNuff uh, won last year with Llama Drama, um, and uh, it, it did phenomenally well. It was, a, it was a brilliant book, and it was her account of a cycle journey she took with a friend, um, and all of the amazing adventures that they had. And it was it was that classic sort of book where you're laughing from page one mm -hmm. and uh, and just finding out so much about how people deal with the stresses and strains. I mean, the idea of taking a, a sort of cycle ride uh, through that, that sort of a huge endurance test really is something that I've often sat here thinking oh, I could do that I could try that and then you read about Anna's adventures just yeah. think well I'm so glad I'm reading about this and I can put the book down go and make myself a cup of tea because it sounds incredible but such hard work as well I mean she it's such a phenomenal adventure that she went on but then she wrote a really great book about it and uh, it really sort of brings you uh, into the world that uh, that she was sort of experiencing on on her journeys but other winners we've had I mean Ian Sainsbury uh, Picture on the Fridge uh, won the prize a couple of years ago and did phenomenally well uh, and actually I think um, got to I think it was number two in the Kindle bestseller charts oh, wow. um, in the sort of run up to Christmas after the prize because we announced the prize usually sort of October October time and uh, just went on to perform really well and it was a great sort of psychological thriller uh, really interesting I mean again like that whole storyteller aspect of it mm. really kept you guessing and sort of drew you in in terms of um, where the story was going to go and, and what was sort of underlying uh, 
um, the sort of the, the narrative that you could uh, that you could hear. But then another really great uh, uh, winner in the past was uh, Hannah Lind. Uh, the uh, she had a book around the secret life of Walter Augustus, which was afterlife of Walter Augustus. Sorry, which told a fascinating story of a character who uh, who who has died uh, but exists in this sort of um, afterlife, uh, subject to how many people sort of remember him in the real world, sort of thing in in the living world, and really great heart heartbreaking heartwarming tale um that sort of drew uh through the judges in and then david ledbeater uh won our first uh competition back in 2017 who's actually quite a well-established um indie writer has been um publishing for a number of years written written a, a huge range of titles and this was a book that just like thriller page turner sort of kept you guessing as you as you went through the narrative and so there's sort of really good illustrations of the different types of genre that um that have succeeded in in storyteller be it fiction non-fiction and as well if you go onto the uh, storyteller page on amazon.co.uk forward slash storyteller you can read little bits about all of the previous winners and the shortlisters as well i think because one of the great things is the shortlist also illustrates the breadth of publishing that's made it through historical fiction regency romance all sort of travel biographies uh, humor um, all sorts of different categories like that that have, do uh, that have done so well i think the key yeah. thing around it is if you think you've got a great story and you've published that book get it into storyteller and uh, and let's see what readers make of it and uh, who knows maybe maybe it'll be you yeah like last year we had a young adult sort of paranormal story we had um anna mcnuff's sort of narrative travel memoir type adventure story we had a mm. summer second chance romance we had a crime book um i'm trying to think what was the other one uh, oh and then an lgbt sort of contemporary romance it was such yes. a wonderful range of stories um but yeah, yeah i think yeah thank you for that because i think it is really important that listeners know that it doesn't matter what genre you write in you are in with a chance of you know of this competition and that's one of the awesome things about it and the other thing that i think is so fantastic is that so many competitions look for the same old stuff they're looking for very literary or not necessarily literary but books written in a particular style linguistic style and that isn't really what kindle storytellers after they as you mentioned or sort of alluded to when you were talking about the uh, previous winners you're looking for storytelling so i don't know if you could elaborate on that a little bit and talk about um what type of stories win what is a good what is good storytelling what are are the judges looking for yeah, that's that's the million dollar question, isn't yeah. it? I think, and that that's sort of <laughs> that's the answer. I think, no. <laughs> that's right, yes, that secret formula. Yeah. And I think it's I mean it's not unique to storyteller a storyteller either. I think it's also part of just publishing generally. Is is what what really hooks readers and and what is that secret formula that will just guarantee you um, a sort of best selling title? And and I think one of the great most exciting things about publishing and maybe in some ways the most frustrating thing as well is nobody knows mm. you know who can say what that magic formula is that will just hook the reader and uh, and that's it you've sort of you've got um, a loyal fan base from that book for life I think I mean there are lots of things that of course we are looking for we're looking for you know uh, a narrative that really sort of hooks you from the first page and sort of keeps you going through through the book and uh, you know you're you are literally sort of turning the pages because you want to find out what what happens 
happens next. And whether that is from a crime novel or a romance book, or whether that's a nonfiction sort of autobiography, or it's a story even about sort of um, maybe professional skills. You know, I mean, it, it, there are lots of different ways in which you can be hooked in a book and finding out about how to run meetings and how to sort of deal with the professional workplace is is a compelling a story as a um, as a as a crime novel so it's all of those different types of things and and that sort of page turning quality i think one thing that has stood out about many of the books in fact all of the books that you've seen in the in the shortlist and the finalists is, is their originality there has yeah. been sort of something about them which when you read it you think actually i've never come across quite that in the past and isn't that really exciting and that sort of creativity um, and originality is, is a key part of that. But what that ultimately means in terms of you know, practical terms, I think is so varied. Mm. And, and one of the great sort of delights of, of working in the industry, in, in the publishing world is there is so much diversity and so much variety. And so there's sort of no, like you say, there's no rules around, well, it has to be this type of creativity or this type of originality. It's just, it, it's the authors writing about what they want to, the story they want to tell in whatever shape and form it is and, and connecting with their readers. So, so that's something that we, we really look out for and obviously as, as, as I mentioned earlier that sort of reader feedback being such an important part of it so sort of um, you know the quality of the customer reviews which obviously you know as, as an author you can't you can't really control but you you mm. want to make sure we want to sort of see that we can you know get some good reviews that it's resonating with readers and that's um, therefore sort of a, a good book to go forward to, to the shortlist process so there's some of the things that we're looking for um, and as ever you know it's it's a publishing uh, prize so a compelling book cover uh, really clear sort of um, the book really being published really carefully so great metadata that makes sure it appears in the right places gets discovered by the right readers those kind of things I think are well worth thinking about as well so so yeah I hope that helps but yeah. equally we may find this short list will have a whole bunch of books that um, you know completely just sort of defy those those that guidance as well so we'll we'll wait and see. And so you obviously storytelling aside, what else can a writer do to increase their chances of being shortlisted? Yes, great question. And I think, um, as I sort of alluded to earlier, I think it's all about those classic um, publishing considerations of sort of getting discovered um, by your readers, finding your readers. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm taking taking for granted possibly the most important part of it as well is writing a good book. Um, and you know, we sort of gloss <laughs> over that as though, well, of course, you've written a good book. It's so hard to write a good book. And I am in awe every day of the people that I meet who've poured their hearts into sort of writing the book that they've made maybe wanted to write for years and years and this is the time that they're going to do it and uh, and away they go and it's, it's such a uh, rewarding experience um, and it's such a sort of hard experience to sort of get through in terms of doing that but I think making sure that you've written the book that you as an author are happy with is so important and not rushing it um, and not um, compromising in some ways because you're sort of trying to tick some boxes I think it's really important that you write the book that works for you and that will help with your success because if you you're writing with heart and soul in the book that conveys itself to the reader and you've got a greater chance of being successful I think so so you know, I don't want to sort of uh, didn't want to gloss over that too much but writing a great book is such an important part of it but once you've done that setting your book up for success is really important so making sure that you get a great cover design um, for it making sure that it really sells the product it, it is a bit of a cliche but many many readers will judge a book on its cover you know whether you're browsing online whether you're browsing in a in a physical bookshop whether you're uh, looking at something through social media often the thing that initially grabs your attention will be the book cover and so making sure that that is 
is as strong as it can be and also will work when it's sort of shrunk down to the thumbnail size that you might see in a, a social media feed or on a, on a website is um, it's important to make sure it sort of works there and then as part of that really uh, making sure that the product description the metadata like the keywords the categorization is all set up for the to give your book the greatest chance of success to find the right readers so you need a really compelling product description that's going to sell your book to that reader who's maybe seen the book cover has clicked through and then thinking oh this book sounds interesting what's it all about and so starts reading the um the product description and the metadata being a key part of that as well. You know, when when Amazon, for example, comes to think, which which type of customer should we show this book to? Which categories is it going to be most interesting to? Making sure that it's categorized accurately and and comprehensively, that the keywords help sort of supplement the words of the title, to help us sort of um, show that to customers who are searching for particular things or have shown particular interest in particular categories. That's all really important. I think on Amazon, there's a couple of other areas that you can think about. Uh, I mean, I think setting up an author page is really really important it helps you create as an author create an area of the amazon website that sells you uh, as an author with a dedicated biography uh, your full bibliography there anybody who's found a book of yours then has a greater chance of finding more books so driving visibility through an author page i think is really important and then you know, through kindle direct publishing and amazon generally there's a whole host of programs and services that authors have access to things like like KDP Select, participating in Kindle Unlimited, uh, thinking about countdown deals, free promotional days, advertising, I mean, a whole host of, of services, which as an author, as an indie author, the great thing is you have complete control over that and decide which of those sort of programs that you, you want to participate. Within Storyteller, uh, one of the eligibility criteria is joining KDP, KDP Select so that you get the benefit of Kindle Unlimited, countdown deals and free promo days. Uh, so it's well worth experimenting those with, within those within the Storyteller um program but otherwise i think yeah as an author test and learn try all of those different things and uh, and see what works for you mm. and so you mentioned a little bit there about um sort of some of the general things of publishing with amazon which are also important for kindle storyteller but just moving a little bit more into amazon um you know there's a range of listeners from first-time publishers through to you know dozens of books but <laughs> what what can writers do to increase their visibility on Amazon? You mentioned the author page. Are there any other things that um, listeners can do to increase their visibility? Mm. Yeah, I think uh, one of the key things to uh, is very, very worthwhile having a look at is Kindle Unlimited. And um, if you're publishing through K KDP, um, then you can join the KDP Select program. You can enroll your book into KDP Select for 90 days. And in return for exclusivity on the digital side, on the digital format only, uh, one of the benefits is that your book is added into Kindle Unlimited. And this is a huge discovery tool for readers. Um, so in the UK, readers pay £7.99 a month, and they have access to millions of titles that they can then read as part of their subscription. As an author, you get paid for the pages that are read within the program. Um, and so every time a, a reader reads a page that triggers a, a payment for you or, or like a, an allocation from the KDP Select Fund that we then pay to authors. So it's a huge revenue stream for authors as well, but it's a great discovery tool. And there'll be lots of readers who subscribe to Kindle Unlimited and want to get the most value they can out of, out of their subscription. And because it's all 
comfort by the monthly subscription are really keen to take uh, sort of new genres and experiment with new read uh, new authors that they may have not read before and so I think that's a, a really exciting um, discovery tool I think and within um, the KDP select program as I mentioned a moment ago there's also uh, countdown deals and free promotional days that authors can set up where you can experiment with creating a sort of almost like a call to action with a, a countdown deal like a limited time discount that then is messaged to readers that find your book saying you know, this special price is available for a, a certain period of time that the author has um, has has selected so they're great um discovery tools i think one of the other things increasingly that i hear from many authors is the sort of is is putting your kdp program within the context of a broader marketing program uh, like on social media or maybe through reading groups or maybe through other indie organizations i think uh, one of the sort of maybe the old ways as if i can put it that way of thinking about it is to sort of publish your book and that's it the, the journey is done but actually increasingly now for any type of author publishing the book is this is a step in the journey and then it's all about marketing it's all about uh, finding your readers engaging with your readers deciding as an author how if you want to market yourself and uh, and sort of have maybe your own mailing lists uh, where you may talk about your own sort of publishing journey as a way of sort of building a brand with your readers all of those things are, are definitely worth looking at but i think the key thing for for every indie author is to decide what you want to do because you control the process you make the decisions about what you do want to do and also what you don't want to do and that's absolutely great you know as an author having that control um, so it's well worth uh, thinking about those options both as a as a, a a new starter as it were uh, publishing your first book through to an author who's been around maybe for many titles but it's time to sort of just reflect on the marketing strategy and decide whether it needs a refresh or a different approach or, or like incorporate some new learnings from what you picked up from other authors mm. um i didn't prepare you for this one but it just sort of occurred to me as we were talking um <laughs> are there you mentioned ku and kindle unlimited are there any genres that work better in ku do you think um uh, sort of than other genres i don't know if I don't know if I can ask that. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why not? Why absolutely? I don't think so. I mean, when you you have a look at the bestseller list, you have a look at um, you know, people, uh, customer reviews, and you see lots of people say, "Oh, yes, I you know, I discovered this author in uh, through my Kindle Unlimited subscription." There's there's no doubt that um, genre fiction, serial fiction, does particularly well because often Kindle Unlimited subscribers are heavy readers. They they like to sort of read lots and lots of books, and hooking into a series um, is a really great way of, uh, of sort of uh, of reading loads of books and really immersing yourself in a in a universe that an author has created but equally there's lots of other areas that you see do particularly well in in kindle unlimited you know, poetry does well uh, productivity books do particularly well um, there's a whole load of children's um, genres that work well in kindle unlimited i think the great thing is you know kindle unlimited is for people that love books and mm. that's not really that doesn't sort of really limit it to any particular type of book. it's just love books and um, and so if you're author who's published a book that you think um, would benefit from being sort of discovered by new readers you want to give it a little bit more extra uh, profile then Kindle Unlimited is a great way to go um, so yeah I, I wouldn't call out any particular uh, standalone genres as, as sort of exclusively doing well in, in, in Kindle Unlimited. 
I um, I will confess, I do not have a Kindle Unlimited subscription, but <laughs> it's only because I'm a prolific paperback reader. Right. And there is a part of me that secretly wishes there was some kind of subscription for paperbacks. Because <laughs> I tell you, I've read, I think I'm on, I don't know, 74 or 75 books this year. And, oh, wow. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not, I am like, I'm definitely a whale reader. And um, <laughs> like, I cannot tell you the amount of money that I spend on paperbacks. <laughs> Yeah, like if absolutely. only I could get you know some delivered to me uh yeah anyway <laughs> um I do have a, an audible subscription though um ah, there you go yeah so I do I do yes I mean subscriptions are very much I think a part of the digital world I mean you do mm. you do find lots obviously lots of uh, physical product if I can put it that way subscriptions and things out there but it really lends itself to digital and you see it in music you see it in film um mm. you see it in all sorts of different ways and, and clearly customers love digital reading subscriptions as well so um so yeah it's, it's certainly worth, worth a look at i think as you say i mean as a reader it's a question of finding time isn't it isn't it and i think uh, you know there are lots of different types of readers within kindle unlimited um but it's certainly something that um uh, book lovers i think uh, embrace lots of different ways of consuming books it's always Absolutely. used to be a frustration for me it's sort of like getting in the car if i was driving oh that means i can't read kind of thing when you're going on you know, again when yeah. you're going on holiday having an audible subscription meaning you can listen along to a book is is a great way of solving that problem yeah. although you then have the debate of which whose book do you listen to on that car <laughs> journey which can also cause some challenges yeah. in itself but uh, <laughs> our rule has always been whoever's driving gets to select so um, that, that usually works for me as i'm usually the driver <laughs> controversial oh no my, my wife usually drives I would lose uh -huh. that battle <laughs> although actually she doesn't she she prefers like true crime and like right. horrible like murderers and serial killers and stuff and given that we have a seven-year-old we might have to choose something else <laughs> yeah that could be a little challenging yeah. yes yes um okay so do you ever see like any common mistakes that new authors are making when trying to publish with Amazon Oh, that's yeah, really interesting. Um, I, I think actually one point we we touched on a little while ago, I think, is even prior to publishing, one common mistake is to rush uh, the writing or to to sort of publish something before it's ready. And I think one of the one of the great liberations of KDP, of Kindle Direct Publishing, is that as the author, you decide when you publish. You, know, you upload your book, you upload the draft manuscripts, and then you have that sort of um, that publish now button. And it's entirely down to you. Um, now, in other sort of publishing models, you would be working with editors, you'd be working with publishing houses, and they would probably make that choice for you. And in a way, you know, maybe that's easier because they get to make that choice. But often you might find that that decision being made before you're ready, or um, you know, you're not really sure that you've necessarily uh, got the book into the right shape before it's ready to publish but whereas on kdp you make that choice and i think that freedom in some ways can also lead to well let's just get it published let's just get it out there and, and like we were talking about earlier i think it's really important to make sure that the book is as strong as it can be and that you're absolutely happy before it's it's publishing so i think that's one thing i would i would sort of um i would suggest i think maybe um sort of that that sort of freedom to publish also then means almost like the flip side of what I've just said is is it really ready and hesitating and just thinking no I'm not really sure and um and sort of keep sort of finessing and finessing and finessing and maybe to the point where you're making changes that ultimately don't really matter that ultimately aren't going to change the sort of reader experience or not so 
almost in contradiction to what I've just said is also don't hesitate when the book mm -hmm. is ready, you know, is to get that book out there and to not worry about um, uh, sort of polishing and polishing and polishing to the point where you're not really adding a huge amount of value. Um, and and one, one point we also mentioned a little bit earlier, I think is, is not seeing the publishing step as the end of the process. I think in many ways, it's the start of the process. Um, I mean, you know, we've talked before about how hard it is writing and, and that creative side, almost like taking off the creative hat and then putting on the business hat um, and thinking about sales and marketing and, and how you're going to promote your book and, and what now needs to happen. And in many cases, actually, I think many authors plan that well ahead of publishing. And I think that's a really good idea that you don't want to sort of publish the book, sort of breathe a huge sigh of relief that's, that it's out there and, and then think, well, now what? Actually, before publishing, there could have been a pre-order campaign. There could have been sort of teaser campaigns running on your website if you have one or an update on the Amazon author page if you have one. And so sort of seeing the publishing step as part of a, a much broader journey rather than the end of the journey, I think is important as well. Mm. Um, and I've often had, I mean, less so now um, with the lack of events that we've had, but often had people sort of walk up to me at a, a fair or an event and say, okay, I've published my book. Now what do I do? <laughs> and so actually, no, no, you should have been asking that question before you published it as to what are you going to do in terms of marketing and promotion and, and all those things like the tools that we talked about earlier how are you going to use that armory for you to find your readers so i think there's there's a couple of things there that i would highlight as as um, points to bear in mind i guess as you're going through the publishing journey mm. and my last big question um what are you know some of the most common trends or practices that you see you know the really successful writers uh, implementing via amazon mm. um, i think Increasingly, I think we're seeing um, authors really taking control of the process and really making it work for them. I think um, increasingly with the rise of indie publishing, um, you control the process and you know, there, there is in down to the author to say, this is what I would like, this is the way that I'm going to do it and I'm gonna control that process and make the decisions that are right for me. I don't think there's any sort of, like we talked about earlier, there's no single rule now that will, that will sort of say, okay, do this and you'll get a surefire bestseller, mm -hmm. it's up to you. Um, um, and so you can decide how involved you want to be in the marketing of your books, a brand building as an individual author, for example. Um, and so taking control of that, I think, is, is, a, is a trend that we see a lot of. And you know, all of those authors that do well, um, you know, they've got a clear idea of what they want to do um, in their publishing and with their particular books. Um, and it's up to them you know, how far or how, how involved they are in those things. But they've made that choice and they've made a conscious decision. It's not they've sort of um, just let it happen um, by accident almost, that they know what they're doing, they have a plan and they're executing um, against that plan. I think uh, as part of that, one of the really exciting things is like that sort of breakdown almost of straight jacketing publishing into you are this type of author publishing this type of book. Now the sort of rise of, they call like like micro genres, the sort of subgenre of a subgenre, because mm. that's the area that the author wants to publish in is really exciting. You hear so many tales, stories where authors have said, well, I wrote this type of book. I spoke to a few people who said, well, it's not really going to succeed because it's not really it's not just a crime novel or it's not just a romance novel. You need to write either a crime book or a romance novel. And the author said, actually, no, I, I, I've written a book that crossed those genres and I'm, I want to publish that book as it is. And they've gone on to see great success by doing so because 
surprise, surprise, uh, readers love that as well. And uh, mm -hmm. and so sort of breaking out of that those sort of um, straight jackets, um, I think is is really exciting, and and that I, I'm sure is a trend that will continue. And um, you, you see so many um, authors sort of saying, well, I'm publishing into a, this sort of genre. It's a little bit of this. It's a little bit of that. And then you hear readers talk about, well, I, I like reading these kind of genres, but mm -hmm. also a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Um, I think it's really exciting that it's the reader and the author deciding what's successful. Um, and it's nobody sort of saying, well, you need to publish in this type of way. So I think they're some of the some of the really exciting trends. And, and then as, as part of that, authors really being able to engage with their readers and um, and sort of decide how you want to interact with them you know do you want to just uh, like read your customer reviews as a way of getting feedback do you want to set up a social media presence that enables you to really interact very closely with your readers that, that I think for some authors is absolutely terrifying and there's the last thing in the world that they would like to do for other authors it's brilliant and it's really rewarding to be able to engage with your readers in that way and, and get really first-hand feedback as to what they liked what they'd like more of uh, what they liked less um, and sort of using that to feed into your creativity I think is really really interesting as well so there's some some areas that I think stand out for me yeah I think this like micro niching down and it's actually like if you can work out who you are as an author and what your like core values are or the core thing that you you know how you want to brand yourself and making your books match that is just like a to use a cliche a marriage made in heaven because <laughs> you know like it means it's the trifecta of finding the thing that you really love and that you you are passionate about writing and then also finding you know giving the readers the thing that they want as well but when those mm. two like merge on a venn diagram you are on to a winner um yeah so i love that yeah um, it is amazing okay well this is the rebel author podcast <laughs> so tell us about a time you unleashed your inner rebel <laughs> my inner rebel well as a as a, a parent I've been sort of trying to suppress some of my inner rebel on the basis <laughs> of not encouraging the family to go too crazy uh, but I and and speaking from that experience I do remember putting my parents through um, some interesting times during my teenage years where I think they just used to dread me heading out of an evening just to see what I would be wearing and um, what would be um, what would the look that uh, Darren has chosen to adopt this evening so yeah it was not unusual in the in my younger days to be wearing clothes that just made my dad shake his head and um, the black nail varnish I think caused him a few uh, moments pause where he just what what why why what is that but for me that was important um, and it was full part of my sort of growing up and I really enjoyed it I thankfully old enough that um, social media wasn't really around in the level of that it is now so the photographic evidence of those early days is not very easy to come by but um, but yeah they were happy happy days <laughs> amazing I love it um okay can you tell listeners where they can find out more about the Kindle Storyteller competition Yes, absolutely. So if you go to amazon.co.uk forward slash storyteller, you will find uh, the landing page where we have a whole host of information about the competition. You can also find it from uh, the Kindle uh, homepage and the books homepage as well. There's little links on the page that take you off to Kindle Storyteller. So yes, you, you can use that URL or you can visit the Amazon Amazon websites. And it's uh, it's open. You'll see all the rules and conditions. It's open for newly published titles um, in the English language. We have equivalent competitions running in 
Germany, France, elsewhere around the world. So if you're using any of those websites, you'll find uh, equivalent competitions on Amazon.fr and .de, for example. So, so yes, it would be great to see some entries. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for your time today. And of course, a big thank you to all of the show's patrons. If you would like to get early access to all of the episodes, as well as joining me for Poison and Pro sessions, then you can by visiting patreon.com forward slash Sasha Black. I'm Sasha Black. You are listening to Darren Hardy, and this was the Rebel Author Podcast. Look out for a bonus episode this week, but next week I'm going to be joined by Nat from Kindle Trends, and we'll be talking all about uh, understanding the market, researching, how to research, what you need to research. We'll be looking at book covers, blurbs, um, content, Uh, all these kinds of things that you need to build awareness of in terms of your comparison authors, competitor authors, uh, your market and genre knowledge. And he's also got a juicy discount for one of the services that he provides for you as well. So catch me next week for that. Don't forget to tune in and subscribe on your podcatcher. And when you have a moment, please leave a review. (music) 